0: Disney is laying off thousands of people, including many at ESPN. Plus, we have an exclusive on an acquisition by one of the biggest names in fantasy sports. It's Tuesday, April 25th. I'm senior writer Owen Poindexter and this is Front Office Sports Today. ESPN is making some large and painful cuts to its staff. Here to break it down for us is Front Office Sports senior writer Mike McCarthy. Welcome, Mike.
1: Uh, glad to be here, Owen. It's a very sad day at the Worldwide Leader in Sports.
0: Yeah, yeah. So l- let's get into it. Uh, what do we know about these cuts?
1: Well, what happens is the people at ESPN have been fearfully awaiting these cuts for months, ever since Bob Iger, the head of Disney, said he was going to slash 7,000 jobs worldwide and $5.5 billion in cough says. So after months of waiting and hoping that it wouldn't happen, bam. It happened today. 9 a.m., the pink slip started flying at ESPN's campus in Bristol, Connecticut. Uh, my heart goes out to all these people. It's a rough time in the media business. There's a lot of layoffs going on, and it's going to be difficult.
0: Yeah, and we should say we're recording this on Monday. So um, wh- what do we know specifically about these layoffs? Like, Is there any particular um, group or theme um, or anything that, that we know in terms of who's getting cut?
1: Well, I think what happened in the past is Disney and ESPN got a lot of bad press for having these kind of mass layoffs where, you know, there'd be a hundred big names let go the same day and it was like bloodbath time. So what they're doing is they're doing this in waves, Owen. They're doing it in dribs and drabs so it doesn't be this huge, overwhelming feeling. What happened uh, is the layoff started in March at Disney. Uh, it affected some of the units in Disney. Uh, Round two is now here. It's going to affect ESPN. There's going to be a third round in the summer that's also going to affect ESPN. And once that's over, all the on-air talents are going to be examined. Do you move the needle? Do you have an audience? Do you have a show to call your own? Is your contract expiring? Is your contract uh, have less than a year left? All those things are going to come into play. So really what we're going to have here, Owen, is we're not going to have one layoff. We're going to have rolling layoffs. that are going to take six months.
0: Yeah, if if you're at the company, I don't know, which is obviously it's it's very painful no matter what. But yeah, do you want it all done at once and have it just be a huge, horrible day? Or do you want multiple medium-sized horrible days? I, I, I don't know I the answer to that.
1: I think it's the latter, Owen. I mean, I, having worked at media companies where this happened, I think you'd rather they just get it over with. You know yeah. what I mean? When you're working for months or even years with the guillotine hanging over your head, it's just debilitating and frustrating, and you can never enjoy what you do. The other thing, too, that's very, very difficult for these people is ESPN is truly like a family, and I don't say that lightly. Uh, you know, When they say you join ESPN, you don't uh, join ESPN. You marry it. And what I mean by that is these people all together in this little town in the middle of nowhere in Connecticut, and they live together and they work together and they marry each other and they think, you know, their lives in Bristol are going to go on. And then one day after 20, 30 years, bam, it's all over.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's rough stuff. Um, you, you alluded to on-air talent. So it's looking like the summer is when we might start seeing some different faces on, on ESPN, the network.
1: That's right. Uh, I mean, I think there's about 10 talents at ESPN, and I could tick them off on my fingers, and so could you who are untouchable. You know, start with Stephen A. Smith. He's not going anywhere. Uh, Kirk Herb Street, college game day, he's not going anywhere. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were just hired. Mike Greenberg has, you know, got get up. And then you got uh, Scott Van Pelt, the last of the great sports center anchors. After that, you know, things get a little bit shaky. Uh, and I, I think, you know... You know under that untouchable list of a dozen or so people, really anything and anybody is up for grabs, especially, uh, Owen, oh, if your contract is up. If you have an expiring deal, ESPN will just say, wait, you know what? We're just not renewing it. We won't call that a layoff, but you lost your job anyway.
0: Heart goes out to, to those folks in Bristol, uh, both the ones, obviously, who lost their jobs, but also people who are then having to go back to the office with with not as many Uh, people there. Is there anything else we should be watching out for um, other than just the next round?
1: Well, I mean, this comes at a very difficult time for them. Uh, They're doing all these cutbacks at a time when, A, they're going to have to protect uh, their NBA deal because you got NBC knocking the door as well as Apple. And B, uh, you have all these losses from streaming at Disney. I mean, what what I want to make clear for this, uh, for people who may not know what's going on at ESPN, is these cuts are being coming from Burbank, not from Bristol. It's not anything that ESPN did wrong. They're simply part of a much larger company that is having some difficulties and their folks are having to pay the price.
0: Yeah, it is. Like the, the, you get a lot of like security and resources when you work for a huge company and also you get this where it's like, yeah, the theme park division is not doing so well and so, yeah, a bunch of heads have to roll at, at a completely unrelated division. So which I'm not saying that that's what's going on here, but that's the sort of thing that can happen.
1: It, it is the sort of thing. And, you know, and of course, uh, the biggest problem that ESPN has is cord cutting. I mean, you're talking about a network, Owen, that you know, 20 years ago was in 100 million homes. And now it's down to 72. Well, all those homes that were lost were paying something like six, seven bucks a month. Counting up, that's billions of dollars lost. The savings got to come from somewhere, and what they inevitably really do is they go to the people who have 20, 30 years experience. They're making some money, but they can't be replaced because they've trained their replacements, as they always do at ESPN. So everybody's vulnerable.
0: Yeah. All right. Mike McCarthy, thanks so much for joining us and breaking this down.
1: Yeah. Very sad day, but uh, you know, glad to help.
0: Up next, I spoke to Senior Vice President of Yahoo Sports, John Shaw, about a major acquisition that Yahoo is announcing today. We have that story exclusively, and it's coming up right after this. Here's what's trending now. You can defer payments of a full NetSuite implementation for six months. 33,000 companies have already upgraded to NetSuite, gaining visibility and control over their financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce and more. Everything they need to reduce manual processes, boost efficiency, build forecasts and increase productivity. Whether your business generates millions or hundreds of millions of dollars, take advantage of this special financing offer of no payments or interest for 6 months at netsuite.com/frontoffice. That's netsuite.com/frontoffice. I am joined now by John Shaw, Senior Vice President of Yahoo Sports. And uh, welcome, John, first of all. Thanks for having us, Owen. And you have an announcement, um, which is actually exclusive to this podcast for now. Uh, So go ahead. What is the news? I do, yes. Uh, Yahoo Sports is announcing today that
2: we have acquired a peer-to-peer sports betting app named Wager. Um, They're focused on making gaming social, accessible, um, and really enhancing the betting experience for friends. Um, so we're super excited to bring them on board, um, and we've got a really good vision together to create and deliver some really interesting fantasy and gaming products going forward.
0: Yeah, and, and talk to me about that. How is is peer-to-peer betting going to be part of the Yahoo Sports ecosystem?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Look, um, obviously, this news has just been announced today, and so we've got a lot of integration work ahead of us. Um, but we're super excited to do that. I think we see a lot of synergies between our two companies here. Um, you know, what we were most excited about really is is the shared belief in in the social dynamics in gaming. Um, we obviously all watch sports, we we follow teams, we follow players, we make predictions, we play fantasy, we do it all alongside our friends, and um, you know that's what Wager's been all about. They have built a lot of features around community. Um, our fantasy games have obviously always stood for community and and helping friends maintain those connections with each other um, and that's where we really believe that we can create some some real long-standing differentiation um, in in the current products we have and in new ones that we're going to create here
0: peer to peer betting so you know betting with with friends with colleagues with whoever that's always been an interesting thing to me just because when sports betting became a thing, you know, like you got DraftKings, FanDuel, these like mega bet MGM, who Yahoo works with, they're all about um, you make a bet. Your deal is between you and the sports book. They set a line, you know, one side wins, one side loses. And I always thought that the better play in sports betting would be around peer to peer just because the company doesn't have to worry about setting the line. Um, it's just what the two people can agree on. They're just the middleman. Um, I've asked people about that and they said, well, you don't get the same volume for that. You need huge volume to make that work. Um, and, and it's just that's just too hard. But Yahoo's got some volume. Yeah, for sure. I think
2: that's one thing that obviously gets us excited about this is, you know, we manage one of the largest fantasy platforms um, out there on the Internet. We obviously have a great combination of both scale, but also engagement. Um, our fantasy audiences 60% of them come on a daily basis in season to us. They spend 15 to 20 minutes a day inside of our product. They get together and draft for 75 to 90 minutes on average. Um, they absolutely love our product, right? Um, but that combined with the scale, there's really not very many. There might be one other um, platform out there that has the scale and the engagement that can match um, you know, what we have there. And so some of those volume concerns really aren't the biggest problems for us. Um, I think if you back up and really look at peer-to-peer and group games and more social-oriented formats, they're really meant for a wider sports audience. And I think that's something that is absolutely in our DNA. Um, There's a ton of potential for, for fans who might be more intimidated by betting against the house, maybe more comfortable playing with or against their friends. Um, and we see a lot of opportunity there. And uh, I just think that we really want to be at the forefront of offering a wide variety of game formats, whether they be free, paid, or the like, um, that users are going to try and, and consume around more social, social.
0: And I understand that a lot of this stuff is still unfolding and has yet to be put out there, but can you say anything about um, what users can expect as um, this software, this app gets integrated into Yahoo Sports? Sure. Um, look,
2: Wager did a number of, of really good things inside their experience. Um, they obviously were the first social betting app to successfully get licensed in the US as an operator. Um, but if you step away from the thought of them being an operator for a moment and just focused on the two areas that they succeeded really well, one was peer to peer. Um, And the other was really ways to play with larger communities or fan bases. Crew to crew um, is is a word that they've used a lot. Uh, A lot of those features, perfect for and can actually really elevate um, other fantasy and paid gaming formats. And so for the areas that have been really big for them, uh, which make natural sense for us and really drive a network effect style product, personalization, right? What sports, what teams, what players are you interested in? That's naturally going to help identify what that potential group for you or community for you to fit into two chat and discussion. Obviously that makes it much more rich when you have the ability to actually talk to the people you're playing against, especially friends, uh, three, a user experience and, um, a user interface that's very community focused. That's meant to connect you to more opportunities to make those predictions and play with your friends. And then lastly, obviously leaderboards, rewards, Um, you know, more applied gaming mechanics, ways to stay engaged and creating loops that, you know, can reward users for how they play across your suite of products. And so I think all four of those things naturally match to, um, you know, the DNA and the ethos of what Yahoo Fantasy is and has been for years. And we're really excited to build around those things as we look to uh, really ideate around and create a handful of of new gaming formats uh, in the future.
0: Yeah, and the community element, I think, has been something that um if you're DraftKings or FanDuel that's maybe not the most natural approach for you and maybe you just do you know you're you're the sports betting behemoth you you want to make a sports bet like what are the names you think of it's probably one of those um and and then there's um like um like pan entertainment bought Barstool to try to like basically buy a community to um uh, to integrate into their sports betting world. Uh, Fanatics has their massive database of people who have bought jerseys and hats and things, and they can try to tap into that. And so, but you guys have found, um, it seems, a um, uh, another lane to, to go down here. And of course, it's not, as I said, not sports betting technically. It's peer-to-peer, which, you know, is unique in a, both for regulations and for what you're actually doing, but it is still, you're putting money on sports. So... Um, yeah, it, it's an interesting play. And I think because guys like you and ESPN uh, have this huge user base of sports fans and it's like, okay, how do we tap? This is something ESPN has been trying to figure out as well. How do we tap into this in a, the most effective way that doesn't hurt our brand? That doesn't feel like we're just turning into a casino. So this feels like a, a natural extension of your fantasy sports world. Absolutely. And
2: I think if you think back to some of those areas I mentioned that Wagers fo- was focused on, um, imagine what they can do with the knowledge of, of our users, their, their favorite teams, their favorite sports, 20 years of, of fantasy record books and a rich history there. We've got a detailed fantasy social graph of you know where people have played against each other in various formats, um, let alone millions of established friend circles inside of our leagues. That's something that many of the other Um, you know, more traditional operators that are doing betting directly um, didn't have when they went to enter the space. Um, And so obviously, um, you know, we're not a sports book and and that may not be something directly on the horizon for us, but we do believe that, um, you know, we're able to really approach things differently here inside the realm of our fantasy games and our suite of existing products, both free and paid.
0: And we've alluded to the regulatory end of this. Is it a clear cut thing what's legal and what's not in this peer-to-peer betting space? Yeah, look, I think there are um, there are multiple
2: forms of peer-to-peer, uh, and that includes season-long, right? Um, when you play with a friend for free, um, and sometimes there's money offline, right? Um, and you play paid fantasy games that all fall under the same regulations that govern daily fantasy, um, there are various forms of peer-to-peer. Obviously, there's also a lot of products that kind of push the envelope. Um, and we work extremely closely with regulators across paid fantasy. um, And as a licensed affiliate, we have a sportsbook partner um, to ensure we're always in compliance. Um, I think there's obviously lots of room for evolution and things are going to change over the coming years. Um, But for now, obviously, we're focused on, um, you know, being compliant and and seeing where where things go. And there's a variety of formats of peer-to-peer for us to, to focus on.
0: And just to wrap us up here, um, As you think about this acquisition and also just the future of Yahoo Sports, what what are you excited about through this year, let's say?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Look, there's a handful of things on the core side. We're focused on solidifying really our editorial and original voice, number of writers we brought in, we're excited by. Um, the PIX games that we offer, you know, very undervalued and these communities come back and return to play with us year over year. There's huge proof points there that tie naturally to... Um, you know, our mission of, of really offering best in class sports content, utility and, and notably gaming products, all of which we intend to grow. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we continue to have a really strong emphasis on keeping friends together um, and obviously covering stories that really matter to those fans, too. And so I believe that, you know, Wager is a, he- is a great extension of, of that mission. And um, we're super excited to see what kind of new products and features we can roll
0: out that drive huge engagement across the audience that we have. All right. John Shaw, thanks for bringing the news and joining us on the show. Thanks for having us on. Appreciate it. That's it for today. Don't look now, but the Knicks are on the verge of winning a playoff series. I think that by itself is worth a parade in New York. Thanks for listening. Shoot us a rating or review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you tomorrow.